Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Very warm welcome to Headliner Radio. Today I'm joined by emerging DJ and production talent Ross T, who's originally from the Scottish Western Isle of Skye and is soon to release his debut album, Teach Me, uh, which we're going to be chatting about today. Ross, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Hi there, mate. Yeah, doing good, doing good. All set up and... Uh... Ready to rock and roll, I think. Yeah, see what uh, see what comes out my mouth. Yeah. Today, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's exciting, exciting. Um, where are you joining us from, man? And uh, what have you been up to so far this week? Yeah, so I am in Glasgow, based in Glasgow. Um, now it's been a pretty hectic week. I was actually up in uh, the Isle of Lewis um, for a good few days. So I drove up there, and then uh, we were seeing my partner's uh, family up there, which was a good trip. Uh, lost my lucky hat that I bought at Westall when I was DJing down there in a loch, so that was good. Um, and then uh, we went from there to where I was born, uh, no, where I was brought up um, in the Isle of Sky. Went there, seen a few of my mates and stuff, had a wee sesh, and then straight back down to Glasgow and just getting stuff ready for the next uh, single that's coming out. Eh? Lovely. So it's been, yeah, it's been a, we've been all over the shop, so I'm just gathering myself again. Eh? Yeah, yeah, having a little bit of chill time. Sounds like it's been busy yeah. times, man. Yeah, yeah. It's good, man. Eh? Yeah, good, <laughs> good. Um, so the album, um, Teach Me, as I mentioned in the intro, it's, it's being released around the middle of September, am I right in saying that? Um, um, so we, we've got the pre-downloads and stuff happening in September, but we're probably having the full scale release, um, in January. Okay. So we're doing like a, a big run of singles and just like building each single up and having its own run basically. Um, because there's 14 tracks in the album and if it was up to me, we would have had about 30, uh, my manager and the label, they were like, right. Rusty, you need to stop. We need to think about where where we're placing all these tunes. Um, so yeah, it's it's due to come out in January, but we've got still a few singles to come out until then. So yeah, exciting wicked. times on the way. <laughs> yeah, wicked. Um, obviously, I know you you've been releasing singles sort of gradually this year, and and like you say, a few more to come. But uh, tell us about for our listeners, I suppose, Ross, um, your overall vision for the record um and i suppose your 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 you know your initial idea for for the sort of story you wanted to tell with it yeah i guess um for the album because i make so many different types of music like i'm an avid um disco lover and soul lover and i do a lot of my sampling work um and this album was more to like betray like all my original sort of works and put them together and i feel a lot of the original works I make a lot of the time, I'm kind of like, where does that place? How can I put that in a in an area? Like a lot of them, I feel they they wouldn't they wouldn't suit a single release. They kind of when they're all listened to together, it all kind of makes a bit of sense. And like, there's a lot of possible like movie possibilities with it where I think, oh, that would work out really well in like some kind of advert or just kind of obscure tunes sometimes i like making a bit weird tunes but i like making dancey kind of house tunes as well so i guess i've got the bangers as you say the belters in there and then um there's some ones that kind of just kind of ease you in and kind of take you out of the normal situation i think yeah yeah um the next single is going to be don't be scared am i right don't be scared yeah that's coming out so pretty excited for that one how, how did that one sort of come together from a creative perspective mate maybe you can talk about it sort of compared to some of your other releases um heartbeat yeah. follows for example like how did it sort of differ to 
how you approach it. Yeah, Don't Be Scared has definitely had like a few versions of it. I think it's had about six versions of it because I was, I want to try this and oh no, I want to do this. And then um, uh, we were kind of going back and forth, me and my manager and the label and stuff. We were trying to figure out which one was the best version to use. Um, and then, so there's, there is, there's this version, which is the main version. And we've obviously got the club version, which I've, I've, been, I've loved doing the club versions alongside the, the originals because then it's, you can kind of do two sides of it all. But yeah, don't be scared. I'm all, I'm so picky with my uh, vocals. Like I just can't work with anything. It takes me forever trying to find these vocals. Um, and like a lot of people are like, where, where are you finding these vocals? Are you going up and finding these like singers from here to there? It's just like days and days and days and days of searching, trying to find like a sample, like a royalty free sample that you feel is good enough to use, which can be hard sometimes. Um, but yeah, I've managed to dig someone's out. So I always stress like, is someone going to find the vocal before this gets released? So I'm always like, let's get it out. Let's get it out. We need to yeah. do it now. So I'm always just like, go, go, go. And pe- like the label and um, my partner, my manager, they do a good job of slowing me down because I'm kind of like, <laughs> right, it's done. Let's go. <laughs> Next one. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I know musically, as you've sort of already mentioned, Ross, uh, you take influence from quite a broad range of different artists and styles um who were you listening to growing up and and when did you sort of realize that you that you wanted to pursue music as a, as a career um so like my whole childhood is soul music my mum was a massive massive um like soul lover but she like would collect vinyls and all that and she was um all over germany and stuff and was um traveling through uh, Holland and stuff for a fair few months. I think she was actually great picking and stuff while she was out there. And she was collecting vinyls while she was on the go. And when she came back to uh, Scotland, she was collecting loads of vinyls and she was telling me about like this and the next. And like she was such a huge fan of Aretha Franklin and like Luther Ingram, uh, the OJs, the Spinners, like just all this kind of stuff where you listen to that kind of music and you, you can just tell like how real it all is like mm. when you listen to a soul record there's nothing in it that is fake i like i feel it just feels like you can feel that emotion coming out of them and it's just like it's wonderful to listen to and it's just yeah soul music has been 100 percent of like my childhood obviously there's been loads of other bits and bobs like i remember me and my mom were on um, on holiday the first time i heard daft punk i don't know i was deaf i was a kid i don't know how old i was and i, I think it was it wasn't around the world it was one of the other tunes and i just remember being like in awe about it i was like what is this like these little robots are on the on the radio on the tv and stuff like, i didn't understand it but i, just, I knew i loved the sound of it and um, my mum uh, she loves like loads of different dance music and all that stuff so i got my music love from her and it kind of like went from there really <laughs> fantastic fantastic mate um i want to know a little bit about your uh which you've touched on already as well, a little bit about your um, process when it comes to production and songwriting. Um, is it usually, does it usually start with a sample idea for you or or like a top line or, or you know, you get like a, a little hook or something and then build a track around that? How does it usually go for you? Yeah, it works in two ways. So like it depends, am I wanting to be a sampler person today or am I wanting to be an originals person today? If I'm being a sampler person, I have to dig for 
a long time until I find a sample that really I'm like, whoa, this is this is amazing. It's like uh, Anise Collins uh, at the hotel for the one me and Frankie Rosardo did for Out the Fire. I was searching for that for ages. And then when I came across that, I was like, wow, this is, I really, I really like this. And then we, me and Frankie obviously came together and did that. And that was a great success. But if I'm wanting to do something down the originals line, um, I always start with chords. Always has to be, where am I going with this? And mm, mm. I don't know what it is, but I always seem to end up in A minor. I don't know if it's how I'm sitting in my cramped studio. <laughs> I'm just like positioned at this thing. But um, yeah, I always start with the chords. Like, I never, ever start with the drums. Like a lot of my studio, um, a lot of my uh, producer mates and that, they're like, always start with the drums. The kick is the heart, the foundation, all that stuff. But uh, whenever I get my tunes mastered, they're always like, Rusty, you need to put your drums up. Why are they so low? And I'm like, I just... I just love the chords, like speaking, but I guess it's just it's subjective. Everyone does something exactly, yeah. And I guess it depends on what sort of track you're working on as well. Like you say, if it's a big room banger, then maybe you would go with a beat first. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And uh, what is your studio setup like, Ross? So, um, is it are you mostly doing things in the box, like on the laptop? I'm I'm assuming, or do you have like little bits of outboard or analog, like? I've got a mix of stuff. So I did have a Moog Sub Fatty for about a year and a half and then I ended up selling it because it was a bit too harsh for what the stuff I was trying to do. Um, and then I got a Korg Mini Log. I love the Korg Mini Log. It's brilliant. I don't use it enough though because I just like quickly getting into it and because the studio that I'm in is really small. So if you want to do a certain thing, I have to move things around and then um, if I'm making like a video for like content or the production stuff, I have to move the whole room around to create that space for the production. Yeah. And then when I want to go back to making music, I've got to move all of that around again. And then at the end of the night, I feel like playing COD. So you have to move all the room around. So you're just like going crazy. So I need to, I want to get one of those uh, things where I can have like the mini log here. Um, I've got a 48 or 49 keyboard midi thing it's huge you can barely get in the door so when you come in you literally have to move the speakers to the left so yeah it's cramped but a lot of it's in the box i like i've got a lot of um like juno 106 uh, emulations and um all the arturia kind of stuff and my macbook is always on fire because <laughs> i've got so many different plugins and so many like different things because i love also filming stuff mm -hmm. um, i've got a sony uh z e10 or zve10 i've only got it recently nice. so i don't actually know the name of it but it, that uses up a lot of storage as well so it's just like trying to figure out where i put the room basically yeah 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 <laughs> storage wise <laughs> no that's nice man that's great um I want to talk a little bit about shows as well, because uh, yeah, I know yeah. you've been making pretty big moves in London, Ibiza, and locally in Glasgow and Edinburgh. Um, you mentioned uh, Groove Loch Ness. Um, or yeah. I'm reading about Groove Loch Ness here. Um, I don't know if that's where you lost your hat, but um, <laughs> I know that's uh, you played alongside Idris Elba and MK, um, which is pretty awesome. Um, and I'm reading here as well, West of All with Dan Shake and Peach. Tell us a little bit about those gigs ross and how you got yeah, yeah. how you first got involved with them so um west of all um, i remember i got touch um with the organizer um years back um he's a total legend and they're all like 
I just feel I'm on the same page with them and all the music um, that they love playing out and the artists to bring down. Um, they set a really good tone and it's all like, you're never going to go there and find any negative feelings or whatever. It's all really, everyone's there for the music and just having like an absolute good belly. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, so I, I spoke to uh, the guys when, when I was wanting to come down and they were like, yeah, come down, come down and stuff. Sent them a load of my music and they said, brilliant. That's going to be great. So, when I went down um, the first time, I was, I think I was playing second last and maybe the person didn't turn up, but I, I, ha- I had the crowd with me and it was working brilliant. And then uh, uh, the organizer came up and said, look, the guy's not turned up. Can you play for a bit longer? And I was like, definitely, 100%. So I ended up playing for longer. That was brilliant. And then uh, the next time I went down, absolutely loved it. And actually the gig, I'm headlining a gig on the 9th of September down in London. And the guys that got me for that gig seen me at Westival. And they were they had a team of people going around trying to figure out where, where was this and where was the next thing. They were like, I loved your set and someone else's set the most at the whole festival. And I was like, fantastic. Because I was stressed. I don't usually get like nervous before a gig. But this time I was actually stressed and I was getting in my own head and like my mate and my partner were like, what's wrong with you, Rusty? Like, because I've done it like a thousand times before, like ran all my own nights and then like had the residency in Ibiza and then like did the Loch Ness thing. And also back home, we've got a festival called Sky Live that's had like Semi Mobile Disco, Dennis Saltar, um, like all the biggest names you can think of. And then like you've done all these things and then it's just randomly you can get this feeling where it's just your head is just like, it's funny. What what do you think it was about that one that just got you know, got in your head? You know what I mean? It's, a, it's I know. You just like almost I, I knew I should be there. I knew I deserved to be there, but then I just felt like just too like things when I go to these things, I I like so I drove all the way down. So we were up in Sky. So we drove from Sky to Glasgow and Glasgow all the way down to Wales. So just the Glasgow to Wales part was like ten hours. Yeah. And then obviously we pitched up the tent and then like it was like get it sorted and then we were, I was straight on. So it was kind of just like all go. Just chaos. And yeah. Yeah, you were just like wanting to get on. But see the thing is once I get two tunes in, that's all gone. And then you're just you're there and you're there doing what you what you've as soon as you see the crowd moving a little bit, you get, Yeah. 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 And that, that was a funny thing as well because um, there was a guy that was dancing in the crowd um, and he was speaking to my mate and he was like, oh, this tune, I've loved this tune. And he didn't know who I was. He didn't know like I was there playing it. And then uh, he was like, this is this is Ross T's tune. And he was like, I've had this on my hang for ages. And then uh, there's just like, it's cool when you bump into these like random people that are starting to discover your music. Yeah. Um, and it's starting to make its way. So I'm, I'm buzzing about that kind of stuff. When you see things like that happen, it's it's heading the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely man. Um, have you got any... It's a bit of a loaded question, Ross, but it's usually one that I sort of uh, tend to finish my interviews with. Um, but I'm just wondering if you've got any sort of highlights or favourite moments from over the last few years doing music that have really sort of stuck in your head um, yeah. and have been or, or felt like sort of turning points for you, you know, that have just sort of got the ball rolling a little bit more? Yeah, I think like I've always had a thing in the back of my mind where I feel like people think like this thing, I think everyone also has this though, where they think like there's someone out there that's doubting you or thinking that you're not 
capable of doing this or whatever. And a lot of the time it's not actually, it's not even real. It's just this thing that's inside your head and you're kind of like, I shouldn't be here or whatever. But it's when things like the first Radio 1 play and then that was Danny Howard. I think it was Danny Howard that played it first and it was my track on Eating Messy. That was a big moment. And then I remember having this huge high and then but the next day a massive low because I was like, I've made it now, this is it. And then it was like, couldn't be further from the truth because it's <laughs> such a, a long journey, this. Um, and then um, I know Annie Mack was uh, retiring from Radio 1 and I hadn't had a Radio 1 play from her yet. And I was like, oh, I need to get a Radio 1 play from her. And on her last week or her second last week, she ended up playing my tune. So... That was a massive thing. I got her to say the words Ross T uh, just before she left. Because so, uh, we've been seeing her like Rock Nest and like yeah. wrestlers all over the yeah, place yeah, yeah. for years. So that was a huge thing. And then um, that, that's that been standout things. But like this album has definitely been the biggest thing because pulling an album together takes time and effort. And it's like the hardest thing about it though is like because... Like my mum, she had such an impact on me and my life and all that. It was, at the end of it, she was like, I can't wait to see how it all comes together. And then like, sadly, she passed away in January. So she, like, now that that's all coming to fruition and I feel like I finally got to like this end part of this album. Because it's a long, it's a long time, you know, to get an album together. We've got like, meet my manager. My manager introduced me to Perfect Havoc. Perfect Havoc, loving it. Them introducing me to Kevin Grainer, who's worked with like the best arts in the world, and um, me and him doing the mastering together, uh, us making meeting the marketing teams. Like, there's so much that goes to it. Then when it's finally out, you're like, "That is it. It's out." Yeah, yeah. And to not be able to show the person that basically made you into the thing that it is, that's probably the hardest part I would take from it. But um, yeah, it's just you just need to keep moving, staying positive with it, and. Yeah, just kind of go from there. Really, it's been a rocky one, but it's been it's been good as well. Like life's just madness, but it is always going to be a bit crazy. It is. It, it chucks all sorts of crap at you uh, at the best of times, um, but it sounds like you've. It's kind of given you a little bit of drive to to continue making music um, and making her proud. So that's all you can do, isn't it? Really. Um, exactly. And and like you say, when you get in plays from Annie Mac, like that just. I would imagine that just validates it for you in your head. Like, okay, you know, it's not the be all and end all, but it's like, it's a pretty big deal. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, that gives you a little bit of spur to, to keep doing things. And um, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. It feels like you're, you're kind of pushing to that direction where it's, it's going there. And yeah, I definitely need to just start, like think about each track as it comes. And then, cause I definitely always, as I said earlier, I'm like on to the next on to the next and I don't give each tune enough time so I definitely need to settle yeah. and really like give each track its time you know well now this album's coming out I mean that will give kind of a complete packaged work for for your fans to to get stuck into and enjoy for a while you know what I mean yeah. so hopefully you don't feel like you have to uh just keep putting the bangers out now one, yeah, once this is out you know it's like you know <laughs> nice body of work and then yeah um, I so, um nah, good like what else have you got planned um other than the album and some shows that you mentioned is there anything else in the pipeline mate that you're that you're looking forward to or just excited about that's coming up um, well, I'm 
I'm always like, I'm rapid. I'm, I'm lucky that I've never had an issue with finishing and making tracks. So I've, I'm all, like, this is obviously talking about the album. And then I've got a bin of 48 tracks to talk about for the second album already. So I'm already, if, if you really wanted to push it, I could say that's three or four albums. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of them, but I've learned a lot from this album process and, I learned a lot of like time frames because I was thinking like one month, let's do it, bang, it's out. And obviously things take a little bit longer. So um, I, I'm looking forward to kind of just seeing how that all goes. But then also um, just furthering like the video side of it and like being creative on that side. Like I'm excited to like eventually make some really high quality music videos and stuff for each track. And that's like another motivation for me because when I was younger, I really wanted to go down the acting route. And it was actually, do I want to go down the acting route? Do I want to go down the music route? And um, my mom always wanted me to, even though she was like a massive uh, lover of music and me doing that, she always wanted me to go down the acting route. She wasn't pushing it. I actually said to her I wanted to do it. And I had a weird situation of, I, it was actually the week before I was supposed to go out to Ibiza. Um, these casting directors who knew me for when I was younger from another thing. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of uh, the film director called Alfonso Curian. Yeah, I, he, have. I have. Yeah, he I've directed uh, a film called uh, Children of Men and he's done loads of different ones. Good film, anyway, Children of Men, yeah. Yeah, these casting uh, directors, uh, casting like crew and stuff, they came up to Sky and they were trying to find uh, people to play these like two Scottish lads that were going through all these issues and that. And uh, they picked me and my mate to come out of a class. And they'd went, like, they'd asked millions of people around the place and all that. And then uh, there was a chance where I nearly got the actual the actual part in this. And I was, like, didn't really think about acting, didn't, like, do the drama and stuff. I just kind of went for it. Mm. And then it was brought down to me and three other people. And then it was down to the last two. And then the last person got it. But then that film ended up falling through. It didn't actually okay. get filmed. So maybe about six or seven years later, I was going to Ibiza, wasn't thinking anything else about the acting. And then I got a phone call from the same casting director saying, look, we've got a part and it's with Damien Lewis and it's going to be filmed in the Isle of Mull uh, where my partner is from originally. And I was like, what the heck? And I was like, I'm just going out to Ibiza like, for this residency. And uh, my mum was like, you have to go and do this. You have to just go. So I ended up going, I like went for the part, like did all the, the acting scenes, if you want to call it acting in my head, because I was kind of a bit like bamboozled that <laughs> they were even considering me because I was like, I'm just turning up here and just trying this out and seeing what happens. Um, and then same again, got whittled down to the, like the last three people and then the last person just got it. Mm. But I just said to them like, thanks for keeping me on file. This is amazing. And it, was a, it wasn't a, is it a win-lose I suppose it is a win-lose because you'll obviously lose that part. But a few days later, I was on a flight to Ibiza. So it was it was a, it was a strange time. Yeah, and yeah. Then it, it was almost like unbelievable. I didn't know how to like say it. And like only a good few of my close mates know like the situation with it. And like people who are in my biology class in school, they were like, oh, we're going to be going to the red carpet and all that <laughs> stuff. And I was like, let's just focus on <laughs> actually getting the part. And then obviously by the end of it, nothing came of it. But it was more just 
uh, life experience of you yeah. just have to take the chances when they come because it's I think you regret those things when you don't say yes to that one thing they they'll, they'll they'll play on your mind for the rest of your life so you just have to go for it and see what happens really yeah definitely man definitely and and who knows what could have happened or what would have been different if you had got that part do you know what I mean maybe would yeah. you have continued doing music like it's interesting to think about 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 that as well so um i know um, yeah it's strange i've still got things in the back of my head where i'm like maybe one day you never know yeah Something might yeah, yeah might appear and we'll see see what happens with that but I, I love they're both in the creative world and they're both connected and stuff and maybe i won't be in anything but my music will eventually i i hope anyway yeah that's that's plan of attack yeah so. wicked, wicked. <laughs> um great stuff man i think that's a, a nice place for us to to wrap it up but um thanks so much for your time ross and uh best of luck with everything you've got going on at the moment man um yeah it's, man it's been yeah, great catching up uh for the purposes of our podcast we'll say our goodbyes and hopefully catch up very soon yeah sounds good and thanks for everyone to tuning in to me bickering on here eh? bye take it easy pal <laughs> Cheers, cheers, buddy. Cheers. Bye-bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.